Well, let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to uh, the 23rd Psalm as we continue in our series, God in Control. Today's message is entitled, Together. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Have you ever been in a tough spot and you wondered how you're going to get through it and you needed somebody to be in that with you? You needed somebody so you could do it together. I remember when I was about uh, 17 years old, I was uh, working at a camp and we were out on an out trip and uh, late at night, one of the kids got sick and we couldn't tell if it was just the flu or whether it was appendicitis or whatever it was. And it was about a kilometer out to where we uh, had to go to get help. And uh, it was my job to go and get help. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in the bush alone, but there are boogeymen all over the place at midnight. And there is no way I was going by myself. That kid could die before I was walking alone out to get help. Um, Fortunately, I wasn't the only leader there. There were other leaders there, and another guy agreed to come with me, and we went out and got help, and they came and, and got the kid, and he was fine and all the rest, but... Together, together. I've learned something about being in the bush. Did you know you don't ever have to outrun a bear? You only have to outrun the guy who's with you. <laughs> and so you can take that and put that away somewhere, you know, trip him, whatever you need to do, but just, uh, only kidding, if you think that's true, just don't go out of Markham because uh, you're gonna be in big trouble. But I was afraid. I was fearful of so many things that weren't there and didn't, and I just wanted somebody to go with me. Our text is all about that in our lives today. Greater than walking out of the bush to get help, in the, the most difficult things in life, uh, God's word says that um, he is going with us. We don't need to be afraid because he is the one who is going to, he's gonna go with us. And so no matter what you're going through right now, this passage talks about the fact that God goes with you. Well, you might be in a sweet spot in your life today. You might be like on cloud nine, everything's going along fine, no big troubles, and that's fine, but get ready because there's going to be hard times. There's going to be difficult times, and, and this message is going to be something hopefully you will remember and come back to, but, but some of you, you're in the middle of it right now, and you don't even know how you're going to make it through today, let alone through this week and through this month, and... And God's presence is promised to us. Whatever it is you are going through or whatever it is you are going to go through as a follower of Jesus Christ, as one who has put their trust, if you have put your trust in the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, he's promised to go with you. And you'll go through whatever it is and you will come out the other end and you will do it together. So I trust you have your Bibles open now. Let's stand together. We want to honor God as we read his word. I'm going to read the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. 
Father, right in the middle of this psalm, David wrote, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Father, um, all kinds of people in this room, all kinds of different situations, all kinds of different struggles they're wrestling through, but for every follower of Jesus Christ in this room today, there is the promise and the hope that you go with us, you don't leave us, you don't forsake us. We are not in it alone. Lord, I pray that you would give us great comfort from your word today. Father, I pray you'd give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us from your word. Give us minds that would understand it, but then, Lord, hearts to believe and apply and take hold and trust you for the journey that we're on, believing that you care for us as you care for your sheep. So guide us in your word today. Do in this place, God, what only you can do, and do it for your fame and your glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, thank you. You can take your seats. As we're going through Psalm 23, one of the risks that I feel as we're going through this psalm is that we can end up pulling it apart so much that we lose the sense of the whole. And uh, uh, David is writing this psalm out of his life experience, probably looking back towards the end of his life at God's faithfulness, and he pens this amazing psalm. And we're taking it apart. We're taking it apart verse by verse, statement by statement. What was he really saying? But especially as you come to this text today, there's a real risk in doing that. And we don't want to lose the whole. We want to to stay focused on the reality of this is one psalm that was read out. And then what were the nuggets that we can really mine into? And so lots of times we talk around here putting things in context. And so that's the first point. Context, context context, especially as you come to verse four, because there's a big transition that happens here. So let's uh, just for a couple minutes review what we've been learning and what we've been seeing as David has written this psalm for us. And he started out and he said, the Lord, the Lord, not a Lord. It's not a God. It's not one of many gods who is out there. It's the Lord. Uh, There's a way that seems right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Uh, People think they can figure out their way to God. There's one. There's one God. He is the Lord. The Lord. When I think about the Lord, I think about God and who he is. And it's beyond our even ability to fathom, but to realize that he made it all. He's God the creator. He put it all in place. He put the stars in the heavens. He did it all. It didn't happen in a big bang. It didn't happen through some... God did it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I realize that the fact that I have another breath, I have another heartbeat, comes from God's good hand. And I know that sin came into the world and messed up a perfect plan. And man chose what he wanted over what God wanted and the result was death and all of the pain and struggle that goes through that. And even in this psalm, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But the Lord sent his son, Jesus Christ. Because I was separated from God in my sin with no hope and so he sent Jesus Christ to be the right and righteous and to be the right payment for my sin so that by putting faith in Christ alone I could have eternal life. The Lord. 
of the one who I can go to every week when I mess up and I do and you do too and we can come before him and we can get on our knees and we can confess our sin and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all, all of it and all kinds of it, unrighteousness. The Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, David said. He was in a relationship with God. He had a passion to follow hard after God and to know him. And David didn't have all that we have. He, he, was in, uh, he was way back. The Lord hasn't come. Jesus hasn't come. He hasn't hung on a cross. He hasn't died. He hasn't risen. He hasn't ascended. But David said, the Lord is my shepherd. And Jesus is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. And so the question for you today is the Lord your shepherd. Is he really your shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. The psalm goes on, he says, um, I shall not want, I shall not want what? I shall not want another shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't want another shepherd. And I don't want what another shepherd offers. And all of us every day are bombarded with opportunities that come from other shepherds. It might not be other religious thinking, but they're the idols of our lives And David was coming to understand the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't want another shepherd. I want to be focused on Almighty God, the giver of life, the sustainer of life, the one who gives me my next breath. I I shall not want another shepherd and I don't want the things that another shepherd offers to me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. It was the shepherd's job to go out and find places where the the sheep could uh, find a place to eat and there would be green and luscious grass for them. And he would go and make sure that the potholes were filled in and that the stumps were removed and anything that was gonna hurt the sheep, he wanted to make sure it was taken care of in the, he makes me lie down in the green pastures. But I notice in the verses, he makes me lie down. Sheep don't like to lay down. And I talked about a situation in my life with my ankle. I had, the Lord had to lay me down. My green pasture looked a lot like a hospital bed. But I look at it now and I see what God did. And it was a sweet place for me. He makes me lie down in green pastures where everything we need is supplied for us. He leads me beside the still waters. Sheep are not that smart. And as they're traveling along, they come to any kind of a water hole, a muddy puddle, whatever. They just start to drink it. And, and if it's filled with disease and what's gonna make them sick, they don't sick, they don't know the difference. And they just go ahead and they drink it anyways. But the shepherd's job is to lead beside still waters of refreshing and purity where the sheep can be restored, which is the next thing. He restores my soul a restoration in fellowship with Christ. And um, that week we had, in all of the service, we had dozens of people at the front and one family who had you know, lost a baby and others who are crying out to God for different things. And Lord, my, my walk has wavered. It's not where it used to be. And others who are coming with sin and dealing with it and coming in repentance. And the amazing thing is, no matter how badly we mess up, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. There's only one path to righteousness, and that is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. One path to righteousness, but hundreds of paths of righteousness going on in this room as we leave here today and this week. And 
Because God is growing us up and he's teaching us. And what the Lord is teaching me is different than he's teaching my wife. And what the Lord is teaching me is different than what he's uh, teaching Rami. And what the Lord is teaching me is different than what he's teaching you. And all kinds of things that the Lord is doing in pruning and growing us in all kinds of paths of righteousness. And all of that for our good. But the verse doesn't stop there. He leaves me in paths of righteousness. Not for me, but for his name's sake. For his glory. All of those things God is doing for my good, but the reality of it all is it's for his glory. Well, then we come to verse four and we come to an amazing transition. It's like a a great big so what right in the middle of the psalm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Three things we really want to see about that first. Here's the first one. The inevitable reality. The inevitable reality. He doesn't say, you know, if this just happens to come your way, be ready. It's not like that at all. It's even though. It's going to happen. And so if what we're learning about in this text isn't happening in your life today, it's going to happen in your life today. We're going to go through difficult things. Even though. Even though I walk through. Another part of the, in, in the Hebrew, that word in could be inserted in there. Even though I walk in the valley. Um, and that would be true. And that would be equally true. But, but it also means walking through. So whatever I'm going to go through, the reality, I'm going to go through this thing. And we're going to come out the other end of this thing. Because a God is going to go with us. And he is going to be our help. But that's the inevitable reality. This is unavoidable. We're going to go through difficult things in our lives. And it's going to be a process. He says, even though I walk through the valley, it's a step-by-step, moment-by-moment, moving forward. Even though I'm going to go through, I'm going to go out the other side. Over in, uh, I'll just read it to you, but over in Isaiah 43, verses uh, 2 and 3, it says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your your God. The inevitable reality for everyone in the room is we're going to go through the valley. But some things that we need to understand, it's not our destination. It's not our dwelling place. I will go through the valley. The inevitable reality. The second thing I want you to see is the overwhelming circumstance. Look what he uses as the illustration. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I read this quote this week. It said, this is the first dark note in this beautiful psalm. Previously, Paul or David wrote of green pastures and still waters and paths of righteousness, yet... When following the Lord as shepherd, one will still walk through the valley of the shadow of death. A shadow is not tangible, but it casts, it's cast by something that is. One can rightly say that we face only the shadow of death because Jesus took the full reality of death in our place. And so as he talks about the valley of the shadow of death, it's a shadow. A shadow can't hurt you. 
And the reality is, Jesus is the one who's taken the price. Jesus is the one who bore the load. And as he uses this illustration, I don't need to fear because the Lord, the Lord, he is with me. Was just over a year ago, um, we had a funeral in this very room for a young adult in our church whose name was Jackie. Um, Jackie had cancer and suffered through it. She was in her mid-20s when the Lord took her, and uh, uh, Sue and I had the amazing privilege to go and visit her in the hospital um, just a very few hours before she died. And uh, uh, while we were there, we went in with her, and um, her mom was there, and her mom stepped out, and um, I had the privilege just to to go up to Jackie and, and ask her, are you ready? Are you ready to go to be with the Lord? And she said, yeah, I am. I'm ready. See, she was going through the valley the shadow of death but she wasn't afraid because God was with her and we've got some people in the room it's not uh, probably by coincidence you ended up sitting so closely together but you guys in the second row you just gone through a very difficult time with a husband and a dad and a son and, and he's with Jesus right now and he went through the valley of the shadow of death but I won't be afraid because the Lord is with me. And you guys are still in the valley. And you're still wrestling through the valley. And the Lord is with you. And you guys right in the front row. And a grandpa, it was a week ago, went to be with the Lord. And you're going through the valley. I will not fear because you are with me. What an amazing thing that in an unbelievable circumstance, God will go with us. In both of the cases I talked about here and in Jackie's situation, they, they knew that the Lord was with them. And as hard as it is and difficult as it is, uh, here's what I know for sure. None of those people who are in heaven right now would ever want to come back here. They don't want to come back as nice as you think you might be, it's way better for them now than it was when they were here. And they don't want to come back because they're worshiping the Lord. They are on their knees before Almighty God. And we weep and we sorrow, not like those who have no hope because in Christ we have all of this hope before us. But I'll fear no evil because you are with me. Whatever it is I'm going to go through, you're going to help me through it. And each one of those people had put their faith in Jesus Christ alone. And so as they were coming to the end of their life, they had the hope of knowing that Christ would go with them through this thing and he was going to deliver them on the other side. And when they were going to stand before God and he was going to say to them, why should I let you into my heaven? They could all, each one of them could say, because of Jesus Christ, because of what Jesus did for me because he paid for my sin, because he paid the price, because my trust is in him, it's in him alone. For by grace are you saved through faith, it's not of yourselves, it's a gift from God, it's not of work so that no one can boast. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, the Bible says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them who believe on his name. Have you done that? Have you trusted Jesus Christ alone? You might be sitting there going, I I don't think I could do what Jackie did. I don't think I could do what your husband and son did. I don't think I could do what your grandpa did. You're right, you can't. 
And you don't need that right now because that's not the valley you're walking through. But when you're going through the valley, he's going to help you through the valley and bring you out the other end of that valley. But this is for dear ones who've trusted Jesus Christ and put their faith in him alone. You come to the place of there's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I am a sinner separated from God and there's nothing I can do to fix it. I haven't earned it and I don't deserve it. Jesus Christ did it all and I put my trust and faith in him alone. It's as simple as that. It's not try harder, it's not work more. It's transfer your trust from yourself to Christ. Because the circumstances overwhelming. But in the circumstance, he will go with you. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Why do you think he used death as the illustration? Why didn't he just pick like, I'm going through a hard time in my life. I lost my job. Why didn't he just get like way more practical, something we could really get our teeth into? I know the Psalm doesn't say, so I'm left to my own sanctified imagination on this, but um, here's the reality. He couldn't give a bigger illustration than this one. Everything else you're gonna go through is really nothing compared to that one, right? And so he took the biggest thing with the, the loudest volume and he said, even this, even the greatest thing, even the thing we most don't understand, Even through that, I don't need to be afraid because you are with me. And that's the one that Jesus went through for us before we ever got there to be the payment for us. But I think you could insert a lot of different things in your life and the principle of the verse is still true. Even though I walk through the disappointment of not getting that job, And I'm not sure how the Lord is gonna provide for us. I will fear no evil because you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of, oh my goodness, Lord, what's going on with my kids? I will fear no evil because you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of, I wanted to go to that school and the door didn't open and I don't know what's gonna happen, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Even though I walk through the valley of my spouse isn't holding up their end of the deal and I'm struggling with this and I will fear no evil for you are with me. You see, in the psalm, he takes care of the biggest thing possible. I believe so that we can take the life things that we're going to go through and are going through and go, if the Lord can walk through us through that, then he can certainly help me walk through my thing. Inevitable reality, we are going to go through it. The overwhelming circumstance, the valley of the shadow of death, the biggest thing. Hebrews 9, 27, and just as is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. You see, if you're here today and you haven't trusted Christ and you're thinking, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I, like, I'm, I'm totally messed It's appointed unto man once to die. And after that, there will be a judgment. But for the follower of Jesus Christ, he walks me through the valley and out the other side and I don't have to fear 
because the one my trust in is the one who paid the price. But all those other illustrations I used, in some way, Jesus went through them just like we did. He, he, he was tempted in every way, just as we are, but without sin. And so when we're walking through those valleys, he will go through those with us as well. The inevitable reality, the overwhelming circumstance, but uh, here's the uh, next thing, the unchangeable hope. It's the third point, the unchangeable hope. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now, what are you going through this week? What do you have ahead of you? What's the, oh my goodness, I got to get up on Monday and I got to face that. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Now, what's the appointment you have this week and the diagnosis that you're going to hear and you're, you're fearful of it and, oh Lord, I'm going to choose to trust you in this. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You're not going to be able to keep up with me as I go through some verses here, so just um, write the text down. Here's one. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hey, have you got some stuff ahead of you this week? Like write that out on a cue card, put it up in the mirror in your bathroom, put it in your wallet, put it somewhere you're gonna see it and you read that and read that and you trust God. How about this verse, Psalm 56, three. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. When you've gone through that overwhelming loss and you don't know what to do and you are afraid, he said, when I am afraid, I'm going to make a conscious decision. I choose to put my trust in you. I'm not going to wallow in my own self-pity. I'm not going to huddle in my pain. I'm Lord. I'm going to trust you. When I am afraid, I will trust you. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Psalm 34 and verse four says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Moses dies and Joshua is given the job to lead the people. And he's a little bit fearful. And God says to him in Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hey, church. What is the thing? What is your valley? I'll be with you wherever you go. Don't be anxious about these things. Um, Paul wrote in uh, Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you, you, God, are with me. 
Now, I don't know whether you noticed a big change that happened in the psalm right there, but um, in Psalm 23, every time up until this point, referring to God, it says, he makes me, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He, 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 verse four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He, it moves from he to you. The Lord as the shepherd is now in the first person. He's taking ownership of this relationship that he has with God, that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not just about what he does, he does, he does. It's now you. It's what you do. It's what you are doing for me. And as I'm going through this terrible, hard, difficult thing, whatever your thing is, it's not, it's not he, it's you. You, God. You, God, will go with me. Hebrews 13, it says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Your valley, your shadow, your struggle, you got to make a decision You've got to come to, the Lord is with me. The Lord will help me. The Lord is on my side. God, if you don't come through, this is not going to be good. But he promises to come with us. He promises to be with us. He promises to be our strength. We have to have the faith to believe and see. And that happens as we remember and see how God has been faithful in our lives and his goodness to us. And, and then we have to put a focus on him and what he is doing and what he will do and trust that what he has for us is exactly what we need. And then Psalm 23 verse 4 ends kind of with a strange sentence. It says, um, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. And he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. Some discussion, doesn't matter in the end, whether the rod and the staff are two different things or whether they're the same thing, just one tool used for two different things. Some people think it was like the rod was like a club about the length of a baseball bat and, and, and he had that and he would use that. Um, the shepherd would use that as a rod um, and that the staff was more of a stick with a crook on the end and it was used for guiding and for him to lean on and uh, for his walking and all the rest of it. And maybe, it doesn't really matter. The, the point is the two things he's talking about, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I, I get it when he's talking about all the things around him, okay? But that's not all a rod and a staff did. The thought that the Lord won't leave us and he won't forsake us and he's gonna go with us through the valley, brings with it some implications we need to be aware of. And I wrote down three. Here's the first one. The rod and the staff are there to give direction. The rod and the staff were there to give direction and they gave direction to the sheep. And as they were wandering off, that little, that little staff, he like dunk, dunk, dunk on the hip and move the sheep along in the right direction. And, and maybe it took a little whack up the side of the head from time to time to get their attention, just like it does for us, to get us in the right way. And so, so the, the direction would be right. And he had the rod and he had the staff for them. And even when I'm going 
to the valley of the shadow of death. God's direction is still there for us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. He'll give you the direction that you need. Sometimes we don't so much need direction, we need correction. And in Proverbs 3, verses 11 and 12, he says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. The writer in uh, Hebrews 12 uses that same text when he says, Hebrews 12, five to seven, have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises everyone whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline? So even as we go through the valley of the shadow of whatever your thing is, including the valley of the shadow of death, the shepherd is there to discipline us. And he's there also to correct us. But he's also there, and this is the good news, to protect us us. The rod and the staff, the shepherd also had in his hand to fight against the bear and fight against the lion and fight against the wolves and to protect his children so that whatever the valley is that you're going through, there will be direction. There can be correction, but there will be protection for you. And as you go through the valley, just as a loving father would discipline his children through the most difficult things to bring them out the other end. The loving father also goes with his children through the difficult things and does everything that he can to protect his children. And that's what the psalmist is talking about here. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Well, so what? So what? Nice verse, Pastor Paul. Nice verse, Pastor Paul. If you're not going through it, if you're not going through a valley right now, hold on tight, because it's coming. It's coming to all God's children. There's sin in this world, and we all live in a sin-fallen world, and as a result of that, there's all kinds of things we have to journey through, and, and you can try and dodge them, you can try and go around them, but you're gonna learn them. James talks about remain under and learn the lessons that you're to learn, because if God has a lesson for you and you try and dodge it, the lesson's coming back, and so you just stay in there and stay under and allow the Lord to take you through whatever the journey is you're going through. Whatever the deep valley that you have, it's God's sustaining hand that will go with you. If you're not going through it right now, you probably will. And you might go through something that you never imagined you could go through and you'll watch how God sustains you and encourages you and helps you. And some of you in this room, that's your testimony. You already know what I'm talking about. You've been through the valley. 
and, and you're coming out of the valley, but you've known that the Lord has never left you. He's never forsaken you. And so if you're in the valley, the Lord is there with you. You choose, you cry out to him, you ask him for help. And he will be your helper. But those of us who've been through some things and, and we've gone through some valleys in our lives, we need to be looking around to see who we can spur on to love and good deeds because God has demonstrated himself faithful to us in these things and, and we need to be able to tell the testimony of what the Lord has done. See, the correction and the reproof and the direction, it all comes from God's word and it comes through prayer and it comes through a giving up of our own rights and it's, Lord, I want what you want. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity to spur each other on and to help one another. If you've been through the valley, you remember to keep going back and praising God for what he showed you and what he demonstrated to you. And remember, and remember. And when you go through the next valley, remember what the Lord has done. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even that, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Let's pray. Lord God, this is your word. This is an amazing passage. It's so chuck-filled with so many things, and it's not some simple little nursery rhyme. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, a passage about you, God, in control in our lives. But then, Lord, at verse 4, even when we go through the most despicable, awful, horrible thing that could ever come to us, that we could ever imagine, you promise you won't leave us, you won't forsake us. Even in that, I will, you will be with us. Lord, would you teach us that? And Lord, maybe we need to get before you today and say, um, I've been pretty angry at you, God. I, I, I thought you had left me and realize you haven't. Oh God, be my help and be my strength. Lord, maybe we've been walking along and life's been going along pretty well and we've forgotten how good you are and how faithful you have been, Lord. Remind us of those things and bring us to praise and adoration and then, Lord, give us a heart for the people around us to see where the need is and how we can spur them on to love and good deeds. You are our shepherd. And even though we go through the most difficult things, we will trust you because you've never failed us before. You'll never leave us. You'll never forsake us. You will be our help. You've demonstrated it to us in our salvation in Jesus Christ. And you show it to us every day as we falter and fall and get back up and confess our sin and, and get right with you. And, and you're there to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why? Because in the, in the valley, in the shadow, you've never left me, you've never forsaken me, and you're not about to now. So we choose, we trust you. We believe you for more as you guide our steps for our good and for your glory. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.